Welcome in. This is my personal podcast dedicating to enlightening my brothers and sisters out there. I feel a strong kinship with those who seek knowledge and those who walk the path to enlightenment and to those who experience wonders and things they cannot explain but they feel it you know who you are and so this particular episode is dedicated to all of you When we walk the path, we know it's right, but it hurts sometimes. It's a bit scary. We face many of our fears. We isolate ourselves in search of community. And we punish ourselves in search of righteousness. You would deny yourself the one thing you want in order to get what you need. And this is the path. This is the way. This is what they call... higher path to self-realization pursuing truth letting the lies destroy themselves it's a lonely path in terms of the missing out of the common human experience But there's a a richness and a fullness that fills your heart. And so it's not lonely at all. This is a solitary path. No one else can mirror your experience. It's not like a team sport or a shared experience. It's always individualized. And even if you have allies and colleagues that walk this path with you, each one of them will walk their own path to self-realization and complete understanding of the universe and its secrets, its mysteries revealed. These secrets are revealed to each of us in unique and personal ways. And then we have conversations We try to convey our experience and we hone our craft of storytelling and we confide in our brothers and sisters and they confide in us. There should be no judgment, yet all too often we have fallings out because of judgment casting doubt, 
we seek to question a narrative that is different than our own. And so silence is golden, isn't it? Silence is one of those things where you can listen, truly be silent, turn off the judgment, and just witness and listen. When someone's sharing their experience with you, sometimes all they need is someone to hear it. They don't need someone to question it or poke fun at it. They don't need someone to save them from the danger of exploring alternative theories. They just really want someone to listen, to actively engage in the process of listening. So that's something we can all practice when we're sharing our path together. You need a safe place to rest your head. And we need good, clean food to eat and clean and pure water to drink, fresh air to breathe, and friendly faces to reinforce our life with purpose and meaning. When we surround ourselves with negative energy, when we do not feel the least bit safe, when we are consuming food and water laced with poisons, we cannot truly awaken, we cannot progress, and this would keep us frozen in a state of awkward assembly hanging over the abyss. Nothing's perfect. No situation is perfect. And so we make do. We try our best. And we rise up together if we can. And so sometimes what is needed is a little charity, a little kindness, giving someone the benefit of the doubt. When we give, we get twofold or threefold. But all too often we cling to what we have. Isn't it true? When we hear other accounts of this shared experience, we call to question the validity of the claims. We aim our intellect like a dagger at the story and try to poke holes in it. And when the person gets flustered and annoyed, we say, gotcha, we knew it wasn't true. We poke their hot air balloon, and so it will never get off the ground. 
This is all too common, isn't it? This is the way in which humans and people of all lands keep each other down. Many of us have parents and loved ones, cousins, even teachers who do this. And they do it meticulously. They do it subtly. They do it to children all the time. Children dare to dream, and adults are there to take the wind out of their sails, to impose limits and what they call reality on the children's minds. And their souls are dampened, and the flame almost extinguished. Many of us have experienced that, haven't we? Yet we press on, we continue, we keep pushing, but the emotional scars are there. And so maybe we're a little bit edgy now, we're a little bit jumpy, we're a little bit defensive. What's important is not to sabotage other people. It's important not to relay that signal of repression. Non-judgment, it is a key attribute in a happy life. Not judging other people. We should judge ourselves, I think. We should counsel ourselves. We should change our behaviors. But we should not judge other people. Because this creates a bond of enslavement within our own mind. We become master of another human's will. Even if the person is our own child, we can teach them, we can even punish them, but we should not judge them. All too many of us have been judged our entire lives for many things. And these judgments, they weigh heavy on our shoulders they give us nervousness. They cause anxiety. They hold a weight over our neck. Physical manifestations such as shortness of breath and a general anxiety exist because of these judgments that we have incurred throughout our days. And so this is a general talk about the path that we all walk and the challenges we face as a culture, as a people, as friends and colleagues, as brothers and sisters. We should call into question the merit of our behaviors. And we should seek to correct the way in which we treat each other 
We can foster good relationships. We can support one another if we only try. But we have to divorce ourselves from the barbarism that has dominated. There are many ways in which to do this. They are all difficult. They all require effort. But once you get it, you get it. And it's quite simple. It goes like this. We are all individual human beings having a unique experience that we call our life. However, there's a caveat. There are many other human beings all having an experience that they call their life. We are all in it together, bumping heads, rubbing elbows, talking, shaping each other, forming allies, and forging enemies. And through these relationships, we define a personality for ourselves. And our personality is co-created with other people. And then we value solidity. We value consistency. And so we dare not change. We try to stick to the way we were. And we dig in because it makes us feel safe. However, this is the first major pitfall that we dig ourselves. We try to dig in and get some solid ground, but instead we undermine our ability to blossom and reach our full potential. And then we attack anyone we see as an enemy when they could very well be our best friend. They just have a differing point of view about things. They've arrived at different conclusions. But instead of cordially discussing and actively listening and digging ourselves out of our little hole, we seek to do battle in the trenches. We seek to take a shot, any shot, inflicting damage on our perceived enemy. Draw the lines any way you like. Could be based on age, could be based on whether they are male or female, gay or straight, rich or poor. Anything will do. There are so many divisions which we can divide ourselves by. It's infinite. And so we can be divided down into groups and subgroups and subgroups if we allow it. But what I'm suggesting is that we tolerate one another no matter what. Do not judge anyone. Unless, of course, you are a judge, in which case that is a whole profession and challenge unto itself. But I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast, you are not a judge. You are just a human being having a human experience like all the other many human beings on this planet and so we should seek not to judge but instead to 
have an awareness of the differences, have an ability to discern, have an ability to think above the fray, above the chaos. Do not become personally invested in your viewpoints. Do not defend yourself and your actions and your decisions that got you to where you are. Oftentimes, people that are highly judgmental also carry another burden, a very heavy one. They are remorseful people. They carry regrets. Isn't it true? Because when we carry regrets, this is a very heavy, heavy load to carry. Those that carry the most regrets are oftentimes the most mean and cruel to other people. They judge, they judge, and they judge some more. And they regret their actions in their life. And this keeps them in a constant state of fear and annoyance, giving way to anger and lashing out. Just see it. We don't need to condemn them or their actions but we can see it, we can listen to them, we can file it away, and we should say, perhaps I should forgive myself, perhaps I should stop looking backward, perhaps I should, I should stop saying, I should have done this, I wish I would have done this, and instead, own yourself in this moment, and start being who you want to be. Now, that's all fine and well until you come across someone that really gets under your skin. Consider this a challenge. Consider this a, uh, an experience to learn and grow from. Now, if that person holds power over you, all the better. If this is a coworker that you have to see every day or a boss or a parent figure, we can all better ourselves from interacting with an intolerant, insufferable fool. They cannot shape our thoughts. They cannot shape our feelings. All they can do is what they can do. And if you want to call into question something, call into question the choices that got you here. Assess them and see what you want to do. Maybe you can get out of the situation. It might take it might take 10 steps to get out, but there's always a way out. You might have to wait 5 years to do it, but you can work towards that. Now, there's always going to be extenuating circumstances. There's always going to be those extreme cases. And those are extreme for a reason. They're rare. They've been allowed to get to that point. But oftentimes what we find is it always starts off subtly, in a very subtle way. If we change ourselves, we will invariably change the way the world reacts to us. It's 
an equation. It's straightforward mathematics. It's not wishy-washy. It's not a dream, a pipe dream, or a fantasy. This is fact. If you change yourself, change the way you act, the way you think, your facial expression, your body language, then you will change the magnetism in your being. And people, the world, the public, they will experience you differently. Thusly, their actions and responses will be completely different. Many times we are having a bad day. We're putting off a certain vibe. And isn't it true that the world just doesn't let up? It keeps coming at us and coming at us and coming at us. And it feels overwhelming. And then other days we just feel at ease. We feel like it's perfect. And the world is much more relaxed. Isn't it so? Things just sync up. It is us that we can change. It is our very self that we can work on. All else is hopeless. Until you fix yourself, there's no sense in trying to fix anything else. And fixing is a process, isn't it? It's a maintenance. It's constant tuning. It's constant growing. It's a process. It's not a destination. Being happy and fulfilled, having fun, being well, this is a process. This is something you work at and enjoy as it's progressing. Meanwhile, being angry, upset, sick, short-tempered, this is a temporary phenomenon. It will not always be so. And we have a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for. These moods, these choices can lift with the snap of a finger. They really can. But it's our memory that latches on and won't let go. Like a dog biting into your leg. It just won't let go. You can't let go of that grudge. You can't let go of that recurring thought. That emotion is bit in. And how do you get it to let go? The more you fight it, the more it latches on even tighter and tighter. And this is something I'm sure we've all experienced. It's no fun. It's like the Chinese finger cuffs. The more you pull, the tighter it gets. And then you realize there is a way to get out of it, but you have to push it together 
wiggle out. And it's the same with these emotions. Our language plays a large part in how we perceive the world and how we can get in and out of these emotions. We talk to ourselves constantly. And our mind, when we are in a state of hypnosis or trance, which many people are most of the time, our mind takes things literally. Only when we are awake and aware do we see that everything is just a representation, words included. Words are just a representation. They are not literal. Everything is metaphor. Every single thing we say is metaphoric. And I mean that quite literally. Don't you think? And so when we talk to ourselves, when we're in a state of trance, and any low vibrational mood, be it anger, regret, sadness, fear, this puts our awareness at a lower level. And so we're going to tend to believe the words we tell ourselves, literally. You're going to behave more dramatically and drastically when it's like this. Whereas if we are in a more enlightened state, we can see. We can see clearly. And these words have no hold on us. Whatever happened to the joy in life, it seems to be absent when you look out at the people. Not a lot of joy going around. That's a choice. That's a choice. People get duped into feeling guilty for being happy, for enjoying themselves. When people see suffering, they tend to want to partake. They don't want to miss out the pity party. And this is another lower form of human experience and human emotion, sharing in the suffering, chaining ourselves together. Well, once we're all chained together, who's going to let us out? Now, these are difficult times, no doubt about it. Life is throwing us curveball after curveball after curveball. And we can't seem to get it. People find themselves in a tough spot. They are all worked up. But this is all a mental construct. Since when is life ever easy? When in human history has life been a guarantee? Happiness, wealth. No, it's always a struggle. It's a struggle just to stay even, and it's a struggle to climb up. You can enjoy the climb. It's always a choice. 
Now, if you find yourself listening to this one here, I appreciate it. I thank you. I've been talking about the struggle and the ascent into enlightenment. This is simply a place where you can be at peace, where you can harness emotion and let it pull you into your best reality, your best probabilities. It is a place where you can disengage from negative emotion at will. And it's a place that not a lot of people inhabit because it's not an easy place to get to. The odds are stacked against us. The masses are always moving in a certain direction. And so one tip would be if you want to live a happy life, if you want to be enlightened and happy, free, if you want to experience bliss, you should do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. You really should. The masses will always be wrong. You gotta do the opposite. And so if everyone is doing one thing, you should say, hmm, I'm not gonna do that, what should I do? If everyone is loving one thing, you should say, well, I can't love that, what should I do? And you make this a pattern within yourself. You have to make your own decisions. You can't let the group decide for you. This is a simple thing, but it's very difficult to do. Because most people find safety in numbers and they want to be agreeable. But the game is rigged. The game is rigged and it's rigged for the most number of people to lose. This is a common theme in the money markets. It's mathematically proven 90% of people lose money with investing and trading in any of the markets. Whereas a very small percentage of people make lots of money because they are doing the opposite. Competition is good. It is good. But you have to be able to do what people don't expect. In martial arts, in boxing, in MMA, if you study the champions, they have some characteristics. One, they are very unique and full of surprises. Two, they are hardworking and very diligent. Three, they're very talented, but that talent wasn't given to them. They worked at it for many years, and they are very intelligent, very intelligent. 
And so whereas most people sign up to fight so that they can hit someone and take out their anger, these champions look at it completely differently, completely different mindset. In politics, it's the same situation. Most people that run for office fail. They slander their opponent, they pander to their base, and then they lose. Now, we look at that and we say, how can we apply that to what we're talking about? Well, it's simple. You have to be willing to be unique. You have to be willing to do work, lots and lots of work. You have to be willing to be relentless. And you have to espouse higher values if you want to be happy. Now, lying, it's not good. It's not good. And if you make that a habit, then you are going to dig your own grave. Cheating. Cheating is an extension of lying. So it goes the same way. Violence, it always leads to a bitter end. And violence begets violence. And so nonviolence is definitely something worth working towards and espousing if you're seeking enlightenment and seeking a happy life. Okay? Pride. Pride is the lie that we tell ourselves when we say that we are better than everyone. Pride keeps us from apologizing for our mistakes and it keeps us from learning so that we can progress and grow. Okay, there are many forms of pride and being proud of yourself is really something that you shouldn't do too often. Now you can feel good about accomplishments, that's fine. But pride is sitting there polishing your prized jewel while your kingdom is ransacked. So it's a distraction, okay, jealousy. Jealousy is when you want something that other people have. Jealousy keeps you from being content and appreciative. Many people struggle with jealousy. They want that lifestyle. They want that person to be their wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend. They want that car to be theirs. And so this leads people to do awful things, doesn't it? And so there are a few examples for you, things to avoid, but things that we are bombarded with constantly. And these lower emotional frequencies will lead to lower emotional choices. And these choices will lead us into patterns. And then these patterns will cement our fate. You have to be willing to forgive yourself and everyone else. You have to be willing to be humble in everything that you do. You have to be willing to be forgiving. I'm saying that again. You have to do it. Humbleness and forgiveness go hand in hand. They really do. It's the one-two combination of enlightenment, of progressing yourself to a happy state. 
because no matter what you get, you're always going to want more if you practice a jealous and vindictive lifestyle. It will never be enough. However, if you're humble, if you're appreciative, if you're tenacious and hardworking, if you're kind and charitable, there is no limit to your success. If you become an ally to people and their lives and their developments, then they will build you up as well. Everything you put out comes back to you tenfold. And I believe this is true in life. And so we really have to focus on the core characteristics that we are embodying, that we are portraying in our daily life. We have to understand that these concepts have been talked about and talked about and talked about forever. It's nothing new. However, today's world offers us a new context in which to practice these old tenets. And these vices, they are to be recognized and worked on within ourselves. Because we have intelligence and awareness and because we are born into a social fabric, we're thrust into the web of what they call sin. A sin is just a negative behavior that leads us to be poisoned by it. For each sin or vice or negative behavior or thought pattern, there is a counterpart to it, an opposite. If we focus on those positives, we can really build our life up. But you need to be able to recognize. You need to be able to look at yourself. Take some of that judgment that you've been using on the world and on your enemies and apply it critically to your own life, to how you behave now. And so you can look at your life through a new lens called emancipation. Becoming emancipated from your vices. And oftentimes these vices are disguised as normal things we aspire to, normal things we do, normal things we want. It's because it's normal that we have allowed ourselves to be sucked into this web of lies. Little do we know there is a creature that lurks. It knows when we are on its web. Once we are on its web and we get comfortable behaving in that way, it waits because it knows what's coming. It's not easy to get off that web. As said, the more you pull, the more it wraps you up. But it is possible. And we'll talk more and more about that in our later podcasts. That is a process. This is intended to be a blueprint. A clear blueprint that you can utilize right now. These are easy things. These are simple things you can look at. 
and you can find your way. Me, personally, I'm in a happy place. I'm very content. Very happy with what I have. I feel lucky. And each day I wake up and I feel lucky. But I wasn't always like that. It took a lot of work to get to where I am. It took 20 years. And it was a struggle. And I went into dark places. I almost made serious mistakes. But there was a, a tenacity I had. I was single-minded in my focus. And I was single-minded in my intentions to achieve what they call enlightenment. Little did I know that when I made this wish, when I made this intention, that I would be thrown into the web. Little did I know that my life would be turned upside down and that I would be double-crossed and heartbroken, stolen from, deceived. Little did I know that I would be cast into a place where I feel lonely and isolated. But that's all part of the process. I understand that now. I needed to humble myself. I needed to become more discerning, more forgiving. And those aren't just things that came naturally to me. I was angry, shall we say. I was hard-headed and stubborn. When someone hit me, I hit them twice as hard. And that got me up to a point. But I wasn't happy. And so what I'm saying to you is that it is a process. It takes time, but it is possible. When you're in life, you're compromised. When you have a family, it's challenging. When you have to earn money to survive, there's tough choices to make, isn't there? Now, for monks, for mystics, for people that go off to the cave to meditate, that is a short path and an easy path to enlightenment because they have no... Mm, they have no responsibilities, really. Buddhist monks, they just... It's like bowling with the bumpers on. You can't roll a gutter ball like that. And so they can get through their life without a lot of sin. And they can learn about humility. They have to accept food from people. You know, they have a lot of limits. But when you're in life, if you're a businessman or an entrepreneur, if you're a husband or a wife, if you have children, man, it's tough. It's tough. But it is possible. It really is. Am I claiming to be enlightened? No. It is a path. It is a process. It is not something that anyone can claim to own or have. But it is a state you can be in. 
This is why I meditate every day, every morning. Two hours, working my way up to three hours. In the next 10 years, maybe I'll be up to four hours. And so meditation is the linchpin for me. It is my way, it is my technique. It may not be for you exactly that, but for me, meditation has been my secret weapon in getting exactly what I'm trying to get. And that is to simply feel good, feel happy, feel loving, be able to contribute to the world with that, take care of people, have a healthy body, a healthy mind. It's actually not too simple now that I'm saying it. it's a lot of things. To feel at peace, to be able to make a change but not enforce myself on other people. To respect other people's free will but still be able to contribute my opinion, okay? To basically live an excellent life and enjoy it and be appreciative process like I said some days are better than other days but it's worth striving for and it's not something that anyone ever really told me was possible it's just something I kind of came across and I was intrigued by the idea and I went for it and so with that I want to say thank you wishing you all the luck and good tidings on your path It's really cool that you listen to this. And I hope it gets you a little further on your path. Good luck. And thank you.